Welcome to Bulletproof, the podcast where you'll hear from people just like you who have dreams and ambitions. These people all win no matter how hard the times. They never quit or give up. That's why we call them Bulletproof. And now, here's the creator and host of Bulletproof, Mr. Bob Coleman. Welcome to Bulletproof, the podcast, where I expose stories of individuals who have achieved incredible success through determination, hard work, and perseverance. My guests have overcome obstacles and faced challenges head-on to reach their goals and create a life that they love. Whether you're an entrepreneur or someone who simply wants to live life to the fullest, this podcast is for you. Join me as I dive into the journeys of my guests and discover their insights strategies, and inspiration that has propelled them into their greatness. It's time to get bulletproof. Today, I'm going to have fun because today I've got my good friend on the podcast, a young man that I've been knowing for years and years, man, goes all the way back to the Chicago days, Mr. Emmanuel Perryman. Welcome, sir. Bob, it's good to be on your show. It's an honor, and I'm just so thankful to to, to, have, to be on your show. And I got to thank you very much for being the one of the biggest inspir- inspirations to me that I can ever imagine. So thank you, first of all. You know, we're going all the way back to the beginning. You said inspiration. How about creator? <laughs> because, you know, we're not even, let's not even pretend, man. How about the creator? Guys, this goes all the way back to my Chicago days. I was actually DJing at the at what it was then the number one club in Chicago, a club called the yeah. Nimbus. And it was this young man. He was dancing on the dance floor. I was up in the DJ booth. We did not know each other. And he was dancing on the dance floor. And he was moving a lot like Michael Jackson to me. I'm like, hey, that guy dancing like Michael Jackson. And so I called up to the DJ booth. I said, what's your name, boy? <laughs> and he said, Emmanuel Perryman. I said, you know what? You dance like Michael Jackson. I'm going to make you a star. <laughs> and, and this is going back to 1983, 84. And guys, we, start, we put together this little Michael Jackson uh, show. Nobody was really doing it. You know, to my knowledge and to my... The, the way I remember it, man, there weren't a lot of people doing the Michael Jackson uh, impersonation kind of show. I can honestly say we were the first because I know the world is a big place and it's hard to say you're the first to do anything. But I'm going to tell you, I was in the industry. You know, I was DJing at the number one club in Chicago. If anything went on in Chicago, as far as music or shows, I knew about it. You know, my, my radio career was going on. And so there were not a lot of Michael Jackson impersonators. It wasn't like it is now in Vegas and people all over the world doing Michael Jackson. It wasn't like that at all because you got to remember this was back in 1983. Michael Jackson was still in his prime, you know, so he was still, he was, he was still coming up. You know, there was no uh, bad or all that stuff hadn't even come out yet. You know, it was just Billie Jean. And so we started doing the Michael Jackson shows and we have, there was a lady in the Chicago, somebody that the Emmanuel knew, and she was a seamstress. And so she duplicated the exact costume or outfit, right. I should say, that Michael Jackson wore on the Motown 25th. Nobody had done that. I mean, this lady, she, she hand sewed the, the rhinestones on his shirt 
And yeah. I mean, we 100% duplicated the outfit that Michael Jackson had on with the sparkle glove. She, she hand sewed the, the, the rhinestones on the sparkle glove. This one, yeah. there, there were no warehouses that you can go buy this stuff. This is how early no. it was. There were no <laughs> websites where you could go buy the Michael Jackson outfit. It was nothing right. like that. None of that. You had to have someone that could sew. And so we put had this he had this lady that he knew and she put it all together for for us. <laughs> and we start doing it, man. And we start doing it in Chicago. As a matter of fact, I don't know how many, you know, there, there are thousands of Michael Jackson impersonators out there now, but I can tell you one thing. We went I took Manny back to Gary, Indiana. Michael's hometown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we rocked Gehring, Indiana, Michael's hometown where he was born. I was working at a radio station in Gary, WLTH Radio. And uh, so right. I took him back there. It was West Side, uh, Gary High School, West Side High School in Gary, Indiana. They had a talent show. And so I was the, 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 the celebrity MC for their talent show because I was working at the radio station. And so I brought em Emmanuel in. And boy, I'll tell you, he, he rocked the house then. And we later, I went down, I started working in Jackson, Tennessee at Kiss yes. 96, the radio station that was owned by Superwolf. May he rest in peace. And yes. um, we brought we brought Emmanuel down to Jackson, Tennessee. And let me tell you guys, this is how early, I mean, I'm just setting the setting the, <laughs> the, the picture of what, what it is that we were doing, the significance right. of the greatness that we were doing, <laughs> because nobody was doing this. And so no. we would we would bring I would bring Emmanuel into Jackson, Tennessee on a he came in on a Trailways bus. Right. <laughs> you guys remember the, the Trailways bus company. And he would and he came in and so we had been promoting uh, that Emmanuel was coming down to Jackson, Tennessee to do this Michael Jackson show. And I, I created the name Manny J. I said, We're gonna call you Manny J. Because I used right. I used Emmanuel <laughs> And I just dropped off the Emmanuel, and I just used the Manny and and Jay for Jackson. So I just I said we're gonna call you Manny Jay. And so I we put together this commercial on the radio station in Jackson. Yeah. Manny Jay's coming to Jackson with the Michael Jackson experience, and really didn't know what to expect. And the club was called Jesse's Disco. It was a club in Jackson, Tennessee. And yeah. It was called Jesse's Disco, and we get to the club not knowing what to expect. We get to the club. And guys, I'm gonna tell you, there were yeah. hundreds of people yeah. at that club. Yes. You know, yes. people yes. with you would you would have thought it was like a circus. They had people with their kids, you know, yeah. standing in line. I mean, the line going down the street and around the corner to see yeah. the Manny J. And we had we had we had no show. The only thing Emmanuel was doing was Billy Jean. That was that was the song he was doing was Billy Jean. There was no show. And so I just went and I grabbed a handful of my Michael Jackson albums and I went up in the DJ booth and I don't know if Emmanuel, I don't know if Manny, you remember this, but you guys remember they, you know, the 35 millimeter cameras and they had the, the flashes that you could snap yes. on and snap off. Yes. I had a 35 millimeter camera and I took the flash off the camera and I told Emmanuel, I said, here, use this. And, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I gave him the flash. So every time he would do a spin or something, he would hit that flash. And I just yeah. start I just start playing. I went in the DJ booth and I just start playing Michael Jackson songs. I want your bag, ABC. And I was doing Emmanuel hadn't come out yet. I was just, you know, the dance floor. And I was in the DJ booth just playing Michael Jackson, ABC, and I want you back. And I was doing crowd participation. Clap your hands. You know, each song. Everybody said, ooh, ooh. 
it. We was doing all that. Right. And I did that for about 20 <laughs> minutes or so. I'm, we, we're just making this show up as we go along. There was no show, you know, but we what? had all these people. We had to do something. And so right. I'm playing these songs and ABC and I want you back and, you know, love you, save. And got people clapping their hands and participating for about 20, 25 minutes. And then after that, you know, I hit the Billie Jean, boom, boom, and Emmanuel came out there and did his Billie Jean and people went crazy. I mean, the local news Indeed. station came, they did a report on Emmanuel, the news station right. did. They had him on the news there in Jackson. Right. This is how new this stuff was. I mean, can you imagine nowadays they're not interviewing Michael Jackson in person is because they're a dime a dozen. But this was right. so new that everybody was excited. The news media came, they interviewed uh, Emmanuel on the news there in Jackson. And this is it, guys, I can't make this stuff up. I was living in an apartment complex, obviously, in Jackson. Do you know the police had to come to my apartment complex the <laughs> night after the show to patrol the apartment because people knew Manny was up in there? It was crazy. It oh, was I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> it was absolutely bananas. So having said all that, it sounds like I'm interviewing myself. But after saying all that, I am so happy to have on the phone with me today my friend Manny J. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Bobby, I, I don't want you to stop until you get enough. Because <laughs> truly, truly, we go further than that. It was like 81, 82. Because it was a teen night, and you had me perform at Nimbus Disco on a Monday night, and they, the, the kids in there, they went just totally crazy. When I was doing, uh, I think Billy Jean, maybe hadn't came out until the end of '82, but it was like "Don't Stop You Getting Up," even an off the wall era. They were going crazy when I put the costume on. They even did that. So we go a little further back, but when I did uh, Jesse's, uh, no, we did the the Nimbus was the biggest disco, and when you discovered me there. It, it, I think everything just ex, just went into orbit. It just just exploded. We started doing the uh, we did Oprah Oprah Winfrey show back then. It was called uh, AM Chicago back in '84, and you remember that. And and then we did the um, uh, so many other shows. But the biggest inspiration is when you got me uh, discovered me at Nimbus when I was just dancing on the floor, and you called me over to the booth. I, I had no idea things were going to go as as big as they did, and I kept practicing and kept practicing. I was always an athlete in high school, so I ran marathons, track and field. Even today, I still work out, but that kept me slim. It kept me uh, in shape to do all those uh, shows. But to do, they have the co the costumes made identical to Michael Jackson. You're right, you could not order it. It was all made, handmade, and, and no one had that 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 outfit I had from Billie Jean, sequence, the rhinestones. Bobby, I'm amazed you just you remember everything. Wow. I know you can remember how, how fun that was. Absolutely, man. It was it, it was fun putting it all together. And for you, what it led to was a career. You know, who knew that it was going to last, you know, 30 years, 30 plus years that you would be still performing? I mean, if I had known that, quite honestly, I would have had you uh, sign a contract and I'd still be getting paid. But no, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> But who knew that, you know, 30 years later, you would still be, you know, performing. And because 
there's so many avenues that I can go down. Emmanuel is yeah. incredible, incredible guy. You know, he lives he, for many years. He lived on the north side of Chicago, and he lived in this amazing place. I mean, the place was so amazing that the elevator actually hit a doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe. <laughs> I, I've never in my life seen a person who lives in a building with an elevator. And I teased him about that for years. I said, man, how is it that your elevator has a doorknob? You know, the door that the elevator. <laughs> Fuck you, kids. You never stop laughing at that doorknob. This elevator has a doorknob. That was a classic. Right, it was a classic. It really and truly was. But who knew that your career would last for 30 years? And how did you you develop that? How did you make that happen? Thank you for asking that question, Bob. That's super wonderful because I still perform, perform Michael Jackson even today with other I got two other guys that background dance with me. You remember Tim Carter? He still works with me too. And uh, what ha- I give God the, the praise for everything, first of all, because he allows me to do this. And I know you've always put God first, and I learned that also through you. So he's the one that first gets all the credit. And the thing about that we didn't mention, about is that I, I sing Michael Jackson as well. And that helped because I've always had the voice to sing Michael, and it's, it's been so close to Michael Jackson. I just I do vocal lessons and I've always started out singing. When he first came out on the Ed Sullivan show, I remember I was like, I'm only two years younger than Michael. So that's another thing that makes me so original and the first because my age factor, I'm just so close to the age. And uh, I practice the voice and I do vocal lessons even right now, but just to have that stability and the sustaining power is that I just thank God for I was always an athlete and I, I ran hundreds of marathons, I mean, uh, five and 10K races, a few marathons. So I still work out today because I love to run, but uh, it's brought me so much success. We did the Power Theater in New York. Uh, we've done so many shows, great, great America. I can go on on and on about even the shows that you always been uh, helping me get, being my manager as well. It's, it's, just, it's just a great gift that I perform in me until now and my, my look is, kind of stayed the same because of me being an athlete, working out and trying to eat uh, right and taking the proper uh, vitamins and nutrition that keeps me going. But it's just been such a great love. If you, Bob, I know you've told me before, and people have said that if you love something so much, you can work 24 seven and never work a day in your life. You, I think you remember that. Absolutely, absolutely. I've, we, we say that all the time, but having so much fun and doing so many great things Emmanuel actually transformed me. I mean, for many years, he, he would do the Michael Jackson show. And I remember once in, in Jackson, we had our radio station anniversary show. And each radio personality was able to go on stage and perpetrate their favorite artist at the time. And I think Mar- um, uh, Mardell in the morning, he did Frankie Beverly and Mays. And Don right. Walker, who was doing Afternoons, he did um, Marvin Gaye. And, of course, I had to do Michael Jackson. And so here I am doing, now Emmanuel had me with the Thriller jacket on, and, I, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm on stage with the Thriller jacket on and the sparkle socks, and I'm on stage doing Michael Jackson. I'm like, he got me doing Michael Jackson. And then a few years later, you know, in Chicago, we were able to do a show at the DuSable Museum there, and then yeah. Emmanuel had me, now he had me, now I'm Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> I like so I went from being Michael Jackson to Chris Tucker. And so, you know, I want to just say this for even for the younger people, 
that might be listening to me, Emmanuel, let's talk about this for a minute because all the things that we did, all the adventures that we had, we, you or I, we never drank nor did we do drugs. No, absolutely, absolutely. Bob, your your lifestyle inspired me so much because we both never been drinkers or smokers. It's just a, uh, it's just a great blessing to have because you always ha- had such a great discipline about yourself and the way you always been so so successful even as today in the things you've done. I've always wanted to be on that same level that you were on because you always had such uh, admiration and people admire you like I do even now. But that started me with when you gave me the name Manny J. I still of course, I use it today, and it's just it's just opened up so many uh, avenues. And when you did Michael Jackson, uh, you you had me beating a few songs, Bob. <laughs> no, 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 hey, let's not let's not even perpetrate. I tried to do the moonwalk. My moonwalk looked like the camel walk. <laughs> My moonwalk looked like the camel walk because, you know, now to my credit, now to my credit, when I was a young guy, I was James Brown. See, Emmanuel was was Michael Jackson. Now, when I was a young kid, I was James Brown and I was good at it. I mean, I made a little noise in Chicago as a really, really young kid. I mean, a young man in the fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was James Brown and um, I, 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 I would perform James Brown for my mother's friends and talent shows and and the crowd would go crazy. My brother would come out and he would put, you know, I would do the fall on my knees and my brother would come out and put the t- the cape over me and I walk off and I break away. So I was <laughs> I was I was James Brown in my day, but we went from being what? James Brown to Michael Jackson. <laughs> yes. You had him down. <laughs> yeah, and you and then we and then we actually brought you, we brought Emmanuel. It never stopped, guys. We brought Emmanuel uh, to St. Louis, where he was able to do a show with Casper of the Cha Cha Slide. You know, we, yeah. put, we put together a show in St. Louis, and uh, he was able to come there and perform with Casper of the Cha Cha Slide <laughs> a few years later. You know, doing just doing some amazing things. But I want to ask you, you know, <laughs> Emmanuel, in reference to your career, you know, this is all about being bulletproof, and we all know and understand that bulletproof yes. means you don't quit, you don't stop, yes. and you don't give up. There, yes. there had to be a time in your career where something may have happened. Uh, things got slow. Maybe, oh, you know what? Before I even touch on that, let me ask you this. And this is something I've always wanted to know. The yeah. day, the day that Michael left us. Yeah. How did that hit you? Oh man, if you if, if I keep if I keep going on deeper deeper, I'm gonna try to touch on it. Based uh, in in the. Uh, my, in a small kind of way, because once every time I get into such a deep conversation, I I start to want to cry again. But I'm I'm hold off from going that way. Uh, in 2009, it was such a very a difficult time because you all you know gave gave me great support. You called me and checked on me to see how I was doing. But it was like something part of me just dropped dropped out. I, I kind of went. Uh, I kind of just went into a zombie mode for a while. I just was such unbelief. I just, uh, I, I was just like not even there. And I remember a few days later, I just went to get, I got up in the morning, was going to, you know, get myself showered up and headed out and everything just let go. I just started, I mean, I just started crying with no end. I just, it just, just, I just couldn't help it. It just it was uncontrollable. I said, this is actually real. My greatest uh, superstar inspiration 
is not here anymore. He's, he's actually gone. So it uh, it was like the, one of the biggest uh, parts of me. And the, the, my whole heart half of it was just gone. And it's just hard to kind of still be, believe that uh, the biggest star ever in the war that I have been blessed to portray and give tribute and have the same likes and the same voice and the same talent that he had um, close to his, at least. Uh, Michael was always above the stars to me, but just to be close to his talent, to, to duplicate him as close, it's it just been such a great honor, but it was such a hard pill to swallow. So it, it, it touches me even, of course, today if I think back and go back to 2009, I believe, when that happened. So, yeah, that's a, that's a hard thing, Bob. You, I know you all checked on me and, and made sure I was doing okay, but it uh, it's still something today that is that I, I'll never get past. But just time uh, helps soothe everything, and, and, and with God's help, you can get through anything. Absolutely. You know, I actually got calls. Christine, you know, she called me, and she was, you know, I remember my sister. She was the one that actually called me. And to oh, tell wow. me what had happened, and she was like, when she called me, I answered the phone, and uh, she was like, "He's gone," and I'm like, "Who's gone?" And she's like, "Michael Jackson, he's gone." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And yeah. the ironic part was, I was actually sitting in traffic. I was sitting at, at the stoplight when she called me, and when my sister said, "He's gone," I'm like, "Who's gone?" She said, "Michael Jackson, he's gone." I remember looking over. There was a car sitting uh, next to me in traffic. We were both sitting there at the red light. And I remember looking over at the car next to me. And it was a, yeah. a lady, a female. She was driving the car. And uh, she was crying in her car. And I don't know. Wow, you know, I have man. no idea. I'm, I'm just going to say that she was probably getting the same news that I was getting. Because a lot, a lot of people don't, especially these young people, younger right. people, they don't understand the magnitude, the, 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 the power that Michael had. In today's yes. world, when Michael Jackson released a video, the world would stop. How many artists do you know nowadays? I'm just talking about just releasing a music video. The world would stop. The TV station would stop. Yes, they would. Regular broadcasting uh, shows to play Michael Jackson's video. It was like a world event. It and, was amazing. Right, and even his his services was I think a couple of days long and. The whole world stopped. The, I mean, yeah. the entire world stopped to yeah. uh, pay tribute to Michael Jackson and his memory. It was an amazing, amazing thing. And so it was. For, for you to take that on on your shoulders and to continue to keep his legacy alive, there had to be a time that you felt like stopping. There had to be a time when you felt like quitting. But because you're bulletproof, you kept going. Can you share such an instance with us? Well, Bob, that is very, very true. Uh, the music business has always been said it's one of the toughest business, the toughest businesses to get into, and the toughest, toughest careers to, to to really have a a real good, uh, powerful, uh, a, a real good career. Something that you can really say it's going to be mine. If you can't really say that, so. I was working a lot with my brother Julius, who you know, he produces music. He did all the live tracks. He's being a producer, he plays all the instruments. So we we did a lot of the Michael Jackson stuff live by me being blessed to have the voice to sing it. Um, there were times I know we we moved to New York for a couple of years, and coming back it was so tough, even out there. 
we tried to get break a contract. Some of the, the producers were coming to our house, like uh, the Johnny Gill, his his manager, and you see, put it with new. Dis- we knew him personally, and other people I can name the group, the system. They're good friends of ours, so the connections weren't coming. So there was a time I said, "Man, I don't, I don't know. We came way out to New York, and uh, I know Bob, you remember that because we talked to you a lot, and you were just in, in, so in, inspiring to us, and gave us so much insight of you know what to expect and kind of do, to do. But going out there, my uncle he helped us, but it was nothing happening. You know, it was just like we. It, it was just like a like a void. We were trying to play at the places people wouldn't give us a a, a part on uh, getting in the door to play at certain you know clubs or places. And uh, we did Paul Theater. We didn't win, but we we didn't get booed off the stage. But we didn't win that that night. We were hoping we would have. Uh, it was before Paul Theater was. It, it just aired after we moved back to Chicago. My my father had passed, so I think that was one of the biggest things. That, and your dad too, Bob. He was like uh, he was like. So he was so he backed us so much, man. He missed the, yeah. I mean, Mr. Como was the best in the world. Your your whole family has been. I was like, oh, you guys have put me on top so many times, helped me out, and has been there for me. But the darkest time, I would say, is when uh, there was a time where my brother and I was just out there, and it seemed like nobody was coming to our to our aid, and and we had to move back to Chicago because my father passed. But uh, I felt like quitting. I, I mean, I just kind of felt like. Nothing was happening. Does God want me to keep this this going? I know He gave me the talent to 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 do Michael Jackson to have the voice to sing him as well, but nothing's happened. So when I came back here, I just had to re- regroup again. And I think you come over to our place before Bob and my brother set the studio up, and you remember you and him were on the keyboards doing a lot of things. So I think after I came back here and I realized God didn't didn't give me this talent to just let it go. He did tell us. Hard times will come and bad times will come, but I I held on to my faith to, to know that I do have this magical gift of talent, being able to sing and perform Michael Jackson, and not just him. I can do other artists too, but my brother produced uh, some records, uh, some CDs for me. But the, the what kept me going, Bob, I remember where I came from. When you discovered me at the uh, Nympath, and you you wouldn't have never ever put a minute not a second of time in me if I didn't have the talent and if I wasn't because I know you've been around the top not star you took pictures with all the stars you have them on your wall Luther Vandross Stevie Wonder, all the stars because you were at all the big functions and your name is out there big time so if I didn't have any kind of talent much as you know you know about talent I had to reach back into there and say I, I, I know I have a gift and a talent and thinking back on those days Bob helped me but I got to give all so much credit to you. You were the one that started everything. Absolutely. You know, Julius, your brother, he's an amazing musician. Um, Just, I used to love going to, you know, to his house and and seeing his studio there. And, you know, he, he, he produced some amazing, some amazing music. You know, the name of his production company is uh, I'm in the basement productions, but, uh, (laughs) but, but it's just, it's just a, it's just a. You got my daddy's, you got my daddy's records, right, right, man. There's so many, you know. There's so many things that that I can, I could say to Manny, yes. and he could say to me little, little little funny things that you know that we used to share with one another. You know, Shaysen at Asian. That just opens, that just opens up a you know a whole nother door yes. for us because we were. 
even I think even before we you know we didn't have the cool thing going on like Morris Day, but we were like Morris Day yeah, and the time were. back then. You know, we were we were like that. We had fun. You know, we yes. we had we had good if you want to call it clean fun. That's what we had. No drugs, no alcohol. You know, we just had fun. Did crazy things. I remember yeah. when you guys were going out of town and your car broke down in the wintertime and, and Emmanuel was, now here's a car that wouldn't start. And Emmanuel goes, turn the heat on, I'm cold. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just funny things that, that that we all went through together as brothers, because I consider you and Julius my brothers, you know, because we yes. went through stuff, we did shows, you know, we supported one another through the years, but yes. it was an awesome ride. So I know that you're performing now. And so- yes. Where are you performing now? And if someone wanted to uh, to book you, I know I invited you to be a part of the Bulletproof 5 event this year in October. Hopefully you'll be able to come out and celebrate with us for, for that event. But uh, I know that you have a website and contact information. So if somebody wanted to check out one of your shows or book you for a show, how would they do that? Thank you, Bob. I appreciate you bringing that out. I still go on the name as, as Manny J. And now that I still perform Michael Jackson at different times, I have a different type of show right, right now because I've always had that gift, like we said, would pull me out of the gutter when I didn't think I, uh, no, no thing, nothing was happening. I wasn't getting that, no, no breaks or nothing. I still remember the talent God gave me before I was you know, performing Michael Jackson. I've always had the voice to sing him and anybody else because I've always sung in choirs and my, at my church and all that. And God, the church has been a big inspiration to me and I'm still with my church now. And God has totally elevated me so much. So I got started out. He gets the credit. And you've always done the same thing, Bob. We always give the Lord the credit. But beyond beyond that, uh, my new show is called uh, Manny J. Spectacular Review. I think I sent a couple of flyer cards to you. And just talk about me as an artist singing great music of yesterday, today, and forever from the top Billboard artists. And it talked about the extraordinary voice that God has given me, which is truly magical. And I talked about how... Um, God allowed me to have such a versi versatility of voice. My, it's so versatile. I can sing so many different artists, Lionel Richie, Prince, Bon Jovi, everything, and sound very close to the artists themselves. So they can look me up on Manny J, Manny JP7 on TikTok, Manny letter J, letter P, and the number seven, Manny JP7 on TikTok, and they can see uh, all my information is on there, and you can do Emmanuel Perryman on um, Instagram and on uh, Facebook. So all my information, especially on TikTok, and they have my website, MannyJP7 at Yahoo.com. But basically, MannyJP7 TikTok has all my information. They can see my videos and everything, Bob. Awesome. Manny J lives on. Well, man, I'm going to tell you, we could go all day. <laughs> But it's great having you on the podcast. And uh, tell Julius, of course, I'll send him my love. Tell him I said hello. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys real soon. I know that you're going to be here in October. I can count on that, right? I'm, I'm, yes, I'm looking forward to that. I will have my music with me, too. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to, yes. be, a, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. October 7th here in Arizona. It's the Bulletproof 5 event. Bulletproof 5, time to get live. We do Bulletproof every Friday morning, guys. It's a 30-minute call that we do each and every Friday morning. Get your dose of Bulletproof for the week. And guess what? It does not cost you a dime. All you have to do is dial in at area code 
993-993-3311. That will put you on the weekly bulletproof call, and it's a lot of fun. People call in from all over the, the country, different cities, to get their dose of bulletproof for the week. This podcast can be heard wherever you pick up your podcast from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, you name it. It's called Bulletproof Catch the Vision. And every week we have exciting people on the podcast, just like you heard today with Mr. Emmanuel Perryman, known better as Manny J. Man, it was such a pleasure having you on today. Anything that you want to share with anybody who might be listening in closing in words of inspiration? Thank you, Bob. I have to appreciate you. For, first of all, thank you for having me. We go back so many years back, like I said, 81, 82, and God has allowed us to be family, and we are definitely brothers. And I want to inspire them first, as you have inspired me, Bob. First, believe in yourself, and God has created everything. And you, if you believe in the creator, God himself, believe he's put a talent in you that would make room for you in this world. That would, He said your gift is going to make room for you. So I had to really, really uh, think about what I what I have, and I don't want to take my talent. You know, if I have to leave this world, I don't want to just be buried with a talent and say that I didn't use it and do anything with it. It's a joy to give out what God has given to you, and people enjoy what you do. Uh, I have to thank God for you, first of all, again, Bob, for allowing me to come on your show and talk about my gift. I would inspire people to just believe in yourself believe in, in what God has given you and he gets the praise for everything first and just work on it and just believe that you can do it no matter what happens uh, with, with faith and the good load on your side all things are possible like you've taught me Bob well thank you Mr. Manny J for being on with us today I know you got things you got you got a show you're probably rehearsing for getting ready to I, do your thing I am I am I sure am <laughs> well it's a pleasure having you on the show today man. We're, again, we're looking forward to seeing you soon again again please give julius my love and tell him to look forward to seeing him as well guys this is how we do it on bulletproof the podcast catch the vision it's a lot of fun guys it's all about being bulletproof right because we understand that being bulletproof means you don't quit being bulletproof means you don't stop and you never give up and remember guys and all you're getting (laughs) get bulletproof have a good one (laughs) 